0: I love when God moves, don't you? Don't miss the moments in life where God is speaking. Don't miss the moments when He's speaking in different ways than you were expecting. Right? He is good. Are we going to allow our hearts just to continue to be open to Him? Uh, We'll get to the sermon. Does anybody have anything they need to be surrendering? don't feel like we can move on with that at least asking that question is your heart right in all ways and in all things have you truly given over with palms down the burdens of your heart the things that are in your life maybe that aren't of his maybe it's people that you just uh, have a desire that they would come to know him maybe It's just trust. Maybe it's control of the things in your life that you won't give over to him. Let us not go past the moment without giving him the opportunity to take those things in your life. He does not want you to hold on to those things. He wants to take care of them. And he wants to take care of you. That's the loving God that we serve. That's the God that promises peace. That's the God that promises comfort. Not that everything's good, but it's good. Man, I love the heart that we hear that song sung. I love the heart that we receive it as the family and body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we just pray before we jump in there? And as we pray, if there's something that's just weighing on you, release that. Give that over to God this morning. Surrender that to him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful for the move of your spirit in our lives, in our church, Lord, at your church. Let us not miss those moments. Let them be truly marks in our lives that we give to you. Let us not hold on to them. Let us leave them at the foot of the throne, at the foot of the cross, Lord, for you to deal with. There is nothing that we have on us that is weighing us down. There is no burden that is too great, Lord, that you want to take upon our burdens. Let us not continue to be yoked to those things. We pray right now for all those that need a freedom and a release from the darkness and the brokenness of this world, of sin, of shame, of burden, whatever it may be, maybe grief, it may be financial, it may be relationships, Lord. You are a God of healing, you're a God of provision. And we thank you this day. We give over this moment to you. We give over these things to you. Let us leave them at your feet for you to deal with. What you have done allows us not to be the one. We can give control to you because you have our hearts and interest. And we are grateful. And we are thankful for your grace and your mercy and your freedom. And all these things, we say amen and amen, amen. Thank you for that moment. I just uh, pray we always are willing to be obedient to him and, and his timing and his way. Would you stand with me now as we get into the word and we hear uh, his word? We're going to be in Second Corinthians today, a message that I believe he's given us. Second Corinthians, be in chapter five, verse eleven. Starting with verse eleven, I'll be reading out the New International Version. I invite you to follow along with every version you may have in front of you. Second Corinthians five, verse eleven. Since then, we know that what it, know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your written word, for your living word, Jesus Christ, in our lives, Lord. Let us always be open to what you have for us. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When we think about becoming Christians, we know that we are put on a mission, right? Hopefully that's not new language to you. Hopefully that's you've heard that time and time again, that, that we are on this mission, that we get to participate in God's mission to redeem this world. That he has a redemptive plan to bring all those that would follow, all those that would hear the call in their lives to become disciples, to become followers of Christ. That's the mission, but who thinks that's a scary mission sometimes? You can raise your hand, it's okay, because it is a lot of times. That when we ask for His boldness and gentleness, when we ask for that, it's because we need it. Because it is not comfortable for us to go out and share the gospel with everyone, right? Not every one of us can be that. There are a couple people that it just comes naturally. Other things may not, but engaging people in the word and engaging people with the gospel is natural. And don't we all just envy them just a little bit, right? Maybe not an unhealthy or unscriptural envy, but we do have a little bit of envy The boy, we wish that God could use us in that way. But it's still our mission, right? That there are so many out there in our lives that God has given us. Us. We have to understand that, that there are people out there in our lives that need Jesus, right? That's not a newsflash, right? And we all wish, well, we just hope somebody else talks to them. Somebody else has them put on their heart. Somebody else has a burden that they would come and they would speak to them and they would bring the gospel and, and they would hear the gospel and they would respond. But when we get down to it, God has put people in your life For that purpose. And even if it is scary. It is the mission. That we have before us. And we must be willing. We must be obedient. And you know what? It works a lot better if we have a little bit of joy. Bringing that. That when we tell our story, that is the best way we speak all the time, to tell our story, to be excited that what God has brought us out of, that we can really somehow, in our words, in our interaction, convey to the person in front of us that is in darkness, that may not even understand or realize the judgment that is before them, that there is joy in our heart for what God has done. Man, I tell you, even this morning, just listening to that, sometimes I, my brother in the back, he, he tells and reminds me in the men's group and other places, he's like, boy, people think I'm just kind of grumpy and down and, 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 you know, just upset. And Boy, I know it comes across that, but there is joy in my heart for what God has done. Amen? There is joy in our heart. Well, that has got to come across. And it does when we tell our story, when we're vulnerable, when we open, when we allow. Even sometimes we might be in the middle of a time of doubt. A time where we may not be living quite up to what we should be doing. But guess what? Then if we feel that, that's a good thing. There's a thing called conviction that is good to bring us back to his path. Bring us back to his way that he doesn't He doesn't allow us to go too far away. And he always brings us back, always wants us back, always invites us back. His grace doesn't just stop with the time that we accept him. His grace is for all of our life. That his grace covers all of our sin, not just past, but anything that may happen in the future. If we still love, believe, and follow, and be open to his correction, then his grace is enough. We get scared all Sometimes, just, am I just going to fall out of myself? No. Now, that's not the same as some saying you can't. I think we can give it up. That's a whole doctrinal thing. I think we can, we can give that up, that we can reject God at any point. We can do that, that we can say, God, I no longer, I know and I believe you, but I will not follow you. That there are even the demons that believe in him but don't follow him. But as long as we are following him, we're open to his correction and have love for him, his grace is enough. We don't fall out of it in that way. We can always reject him, but we have a mission in that. Now, I'm going to use a story. I don't know if I've used it before, but uh, I was 19. I know that seems to be getting further and further away. I was 19 years old i had have one, one year at IU under my belt, and, and I went home for one summer. It's the only summer I went home, and, and my dad found me a job. He was working in a place that, that kind of put connections, in, and he had them. And, and I'd had some weird jobs before. Uh, I know we've talked sometimes of, of, you know, my time I'd spent in a radiation lab. But this summer that I was, 19, the 19th year after my first year in college, he put me in, in contact with a guy who had a company called A.R.E. Company in Muncie. And it basically had a couple student rentals. Now uh, it was my job to go and, and, and during the summer when most people were out to go and fix things up and, and to get them in place. Now uh, has anybody dealt with student rentals before? There's some there's some odd things that, that are there, right? But but he put me in some just weird jobs that I'd never done before, right? I was a suburban guy. I wasn't a city guy. I wasn't a country guy. I hadn't done a lot of these things before and. And I had the opportunity, and, and he he would show me sometimes, but sometimes he just threw me in, okay? Now, there's some things that are, that's perfectly fine, but I learned how to do drywall, or I learned that, that I don't know how to do drywall very well. Your first time by yourself, you just, here's the stuff, you can figure it out, you're a smart guy. He had a confidence in me that I would figure out, and most of the time I did now, now it, it, it kind of was scary a little bit later because sometimes he would have me do some electrical work. Now, th- that's not good for somebody that has never done it, and he, he would show me a little bit. I, I still worry. I, I, I'm kind of scared to go back to Muncie and go sit on some of those roads and see if those buildings are still there. You know, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried of what could have happened, and uh, with, with, I should not be doing that. He would put me on a tractor. I'd never been in a tractor before. he put me on a tractor, and I would mow a field. He, he, he even put me in a little bobcat and, and let me go at ripping trees out. Now, that was a blast, but I, I'm surprised I didn't do some damage to myself for that. But there was one mission that he put me on that I'm still surprised. And I'm a pretty confident guy most of the time. And, and he put me on this... and. The one thing he didn't do was he never, I don't know why, but he didn't ask, can you do this? He didn't ask, have you ever done this? He just said, here's what we're doing today. And sometimes he'd say, here's what you're doing today. And sometimes that was a challenge. And there was one time that he said, here's my truck. Here are the keys to my truck. Okay, I can deal with that. On the back of it, though, got a hitch and we've got this huge old bobcat that he would rent out you know this is fifty thousand dollar piece of equipment i don't know and he said you're going to deliver this to a different city somebody's borrowing it now i'd never had a truck before it's not that hard to drive a truck it's the same is it the same to drive a truck with something big on the back anybody's ever hauled anything and you know turns you don't want to back up all these things and he had me deliver this expensive piece of equipment never didn't ask me if I would ever even had a driven anything with a trailer when you go to break does it break the same with that big of a piece of equipment on the back no see we all don't have a brat <laughs> in the inside of us right <laughs> He's great. I think he, he probably was a three-year-old child, pulled out, got into a truck, and was able to back two, two things right into his... He's just good at that, right? We have natural gifts. That's one of, It's not one of mine, but I was nervous. I'm not a nervous person, but I was nervous because there are a lot of things that could go wrong. He should not have put me in that position, to be honest, right? But he had confidence and that, in some ways... Gave me confidence. If he would have asked me, can you do this? What would my answer have been? No. Have you ever done this? What would my answer have been? No. But he didn't ask. He said, here's your mission. And I tell you, I see a lot of that same thing in the mission that he has given us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't feel adequate. We don't feel experienced. We don't feel maybe that it's our natural gift to deliver that message. It may feel like a couple ton weight behind us, pushing us, moving us, and we don't know how to steer it. We don't know how to control it. But that's our mission. And God has the confidence in you Even if you don't have that confidence, he's not asking, Have you done it before? He's not asking, Can you do it? He's saying, Here are the keys, go deliver my message. If God, the creator of the universe, has confidence in you, you too can have confidence to do it. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. He knows us. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what it is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, I tell you sometimes... We feel out of our mind when we're doing those things. It is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. If it seems hard, it seems out of our comfort zone, it doesn't matter because it is for God. If you actually get, some of us have actually gotten okay with talking to others about Christ. It is all for His glory. It is all in Him and in His Spirit and for Him. For Christ's love compels us. Is Christ's love compelling you today to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? It should be. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians. It is a very true statement for us as well. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, being Jesus, and therefore all died. That's a difficult thing to unpack, and and we may do that at a different time. That's not what this message is. but, But one died for all, and therefore all died... And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. If he died for us, we must die to sin. We must die to the things of this world. But in that comes new life in him and new promise of resurrection, new promise of many different things in him. But for him who died for them was raised again, we too will be raised now, see, I go back and I think about, what was he thinking of doing that? Because he, he didn't know me. He, he may have been assuming that I had done that. Maybe he was raised in a way that that's just what you do when you grow up. There's a lot of people in here that if they would have said, go and do this, no problem. Jump in, grab the keys, take it, unhitch it, do all those things, no problem. But he didn't know that. Maybe he just didn't care about the outcome. Maybe he said, you know, I just don't want to do it today. So I'm going to put you in there. If something happens, that's what your insurance is for, right? He may just not cared. Maybe he was just... Maybe he just didn't want to do it himself. Maybe he said, man, I've got somebody that I could... They can go do it for me. I don't have to do it. Maybe he couldn't do it. Maybe, you know, he just didn't know how to drive a truck. Maybe he didn't know how to back it up and said, you know, let somebody else do it. Now, I think that's us in this story a lot of times. We just want somebody else to do it because we don't feel like we can. Or maybe... Because of the other things that we had done, he realized I'd figure it out. Maybe he simply knew that he had a person working for him that was willing to do it. And because I was willing, he said, you know what? Go and do. So I learned a lot that summer. Some things I have used since and some things I haven't. want to continue on verse 16 so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view see we don't look at people the same after we receive the grace of jesus christ We can't see other people as we saw them before in the world. Their value is not measured in the same ways that their value is now measured, that we have Christ within us and we have Christ's own mind within us and his heart within us. We see things differently. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Your life has to change after coming into an experience with Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Amen, praise God. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. God is a God of reconciliation and that is amongst ourselves amongst our relations. He is a God that wants peace not chaos but the ultimate reconciliation is he is reconciling this world. He is making right those things are wrong. He is bringing us back into alignment with his will so that we may live with him forever and he does that in us And he does that others through us that that is the mission is to bring reconciliation that others that are broken away and not following, not believing God are able to hear the gospel, have their lives changed, come to believe, come to repent, and come to know the Savior of the world that they may have joy, they may have peace, and they may have life everlasting, that the old will be taken away and the new will be put on them. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You are ministers. We believe very strongly in a priesthood of believers. We feel very strongly that we are in ministry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us The message of reconciliation. And this is the one I know we've heard before, but is such a wonderful challenge and such a wonderful scripture. We We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. There is so much responsibility in that word. But we speak for Him in all that He will allow us. We represent Him even when we fall short. But we are ambassadors bringing the message. Ambassadors, that's their whole job is they're bringing representation into a different culture, into a different world. That they are in this world, but they're not of it. They're in this world, but they represent What is back there in christ that we are brought into this for a purpose for a mission You never really send ambassadors out for nothing just to go and live among other people But that's so often how our lives seem to be is god has just put us and we're just holding our place Here until he comes until he changes things until he makes things right that we just want to get through this place That is not the mission of god for a christian. You are a christian for a purpose You are a christian for a reason it is not just so that you may be saved to be with him forever it is so that he may use us for his purpose in this place to reach those that have still slave, that are still slaves to sin, that are still slave to darkness, that still do not know him as Lord and Savior. He is good, and we get to participate with him. And you know what? He has called on us to do it even though we don't know what we're doing. We've never done it before. And he says, I have confidence in you. You see, it's not because he doesn't know you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you while you were being knitted in your mother's womb. He knows you. So if he believes you can do it, you better believe you can do it. It's not because he doesn't care about the outcome. It's not because hey, he, he, there's no insurance there, right? It's not because he doesn't care about the outcome. He cares about the outcome because the outcome is us. And his love is great. It's not because he didn't want to do it himself. Because he sent his son to become man to do it himself. But he allows us to participate. It is his work, not our own, that does it. It's not because he wasn't capable of doing it himself. We are a privileged body to be able to become his hands and his feet of the very creator of this world. But his question for us really comes down to are you willing? He knows that we should be willing and if we're willing our confidence is found in him because he is confident in us i reminded of 1 Thessalonians 2. It says, We have previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi. As you know, but with the help of our God, we dare to tell you of his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with with the gospel. I'm going to read that part again. For the appeal we make does not spring from error and pure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Just as it is for them, this one is absolutely true for us as well. We speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. You are able if you are willing. He will give you the words. He will give you the people if you are willing. We are not trying to please people, but God Who tests our heart, the scripture concludes. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. Now, that threw me into a little bit of thought quickly. On Thursday morning, our men's group, we actually went over a little tiny piece of this. As we know that that God does not tempt us, scripture is clear, but God does test us, scripture is clear. But don't you sometimes wonder what is that difference? Because it says here, He will test us. And in my mind, in my research, in my, I've come to at least my current understanding. I'm open to God's correction. But it deals with what is the desired outcome. A temptation wants your desired outcome to be negative. That is the enemy. We are not tempted by God because he does not want a negative outcome. But a test is not made. We have a lot of teachers here, right? A test is not made so that people will fail. People may fail, but it's not made for people to fail. It is made for people to succeed. It is made for a positive outcome. God tests us because he wants us to have a positive outcome. That's the difference between temptation. If I'm tempting someone, I want them to fail. If I'm testing someone, I'm hoping, praying, I'm looking, I want them to succeed. That is God's message for us in sharing the gospel. He has entrusted us with his message. He's entrusted us with the gospel. He is testing us to go out because he wants us to succeed in that. And we can if we are just, again, willing. God does know you. He does care what is done with his gospel. God could have done it himself. The only question remains, are we willing to participate with him? Will you be an ambassador for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Will you do the scary and unknown? Is his confidence that he has in you enough in the answer is that it is enough. So we're going to do a little different. We're not ending with a song today, but I'm going to end with a prayer. And I'm going to invite, as I, if I'm speaking, if this speaks to you, I want you to come forward. I want you to, to, to be around these altars. I want to pray for us to end this service, to conclude this service. I want uh, you to hear this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Accept this prayer. Live this prayer. Let it really affect you. We talk all the time about other. We talk about those. We talk about those that are in our lives that we have burdens for, right? We talk about praying. I want to challenge you sincerely. Let these not just be words, but challenge you this week. For whoever it is that God has put on your heart to witness to to become the mission of God, to seek them to become a disciple, that God has put people in your lives that don't know Him, and they are there for a reason, and you are here for a purpose. We speak about this all the time, but God is putting people in our hearts. Are we going to ignore that and ask for somebody else to do it? Are we going to be willing to do what God has called us to do and walk with them, share the gospel, not as a hammer, not as something, but with truth and love? Are we going to be present in their lives in a way that they know if this is a representative, if this is an ambassador of God, God does love me because this person is showing love to me. I want us to come down and keep those people that God is putting on your heart to pray for them, to pray for our strength, to pray for guidance, to pray for a willingness, to pray for follow-through in that. And I want you to pray every day this week. And when God puts those people in opportunities to speak to them, be willing and obedient. Pray every day this week for them. If you give an opportunity to invite them here or invite them to lunch or invite them to dinner or just have a phone conversation, don't pass that opportunity up this week. Who has passed up one of those opportunities before? I know I have. I want to be a willing ambassador for Jesus Christ and the gospel that he provides and the freedom that he provides. So I'm going to ask you if you've got one of those people to come forward so we can pray for you because we believe in the strength of those prayers. And if you don't have one of those names, I I ask you to come up so God can put them in your mind. Because I guarantee, I don't guarantee many things, but God has people in your life for a reason. And you are called to be an ambassador to them. So if you don't know who that is yet, they are there. Be open to his guidance in those things. I'm going to pray for us, and then when we're done with this prayer, we will be done for this day, but don't let it stop here every day. This week, and I pray that it's more than this week. Take seriously that mission on the person that is in your heart, the people that are in your heart, the relatives that are in your heart, the neighbors that are in your heart. I'm going to ask you to come just now to receive that and pray with me. Are you willing, church? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord. May with right minds and right hearts we receive your word today. Let us be willing, Lord, but let us take confidence because you do have confidence in us. You know who we are. You would not call us into this mission if you would not equip us fully fully. We pray that we overcome our fear. We overcome, Lord, the feelings of inadequacy that we have in the mission that you have given us. We pray that the burden for these others that you have put into our lives, like I said, it be our neighbors, our family, our friends that don't know you. We pray that that becomes such a fire within us that the burden becomes so great that we have nothing else to do but then to put our energy and our investment into prayer, conversations. Put them in our hearts, Lord, that we cannot take a day away from praying for them. It begins with those prayers. May we understand and know right now that those prayers will be answered. Our faithfulness will bring about the salvation of others that they may be freed from sin and that they may come to know you and that they may come to receive and accept your gospel that they too will live with you forever. That they will receive new life. The old self will be put off. That our confidence comes from you and not ourselves. That you, the one, did die not just for us, but for them. That they are no more a sinner than we were. But your gospel and your grace and your mercy are enough to cover every multitude of sin that is before us. Give us the confidence, the boldness, Give us the words when our, we do not have them. May your spirit lead us. May your spirit speak through us. And may it all be for your glory. And so, Lord, be with each of these, Lord, that are willing to be used by you. Bring your blessing and your favor to their mission. Grow the love that they have for others. Each day. May we love our neighbor as ourself. May we love our neighbor as you have first loved us. This is our calling. This is our mission. Let us be the ambassadors you have called us to be. It is in your wonderful precious heavenly name we ask these things and we'll receive these things this day in the name of jesus christ we pray amen Amen. we're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice we at corey community church the nazarene continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 10:30 a.m. in Corey, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.